She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 80 with Megan Watt. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, what's up, She Did Her Way listeners, and thank you again for tuning in to another fabulous episode of the She Did Her Way podcast. I am coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada this morning, and I am excited to bring on today's guest, who is, some of you guys may know her if you've been in the Facebook, the Her Way Challenge Facebook group. Uh, it is Megan Watt, and she is a highly sought after speaker, facilitator, career coach, and author who brings an innovative approach to her work. Participants leave her sessions and workshops excited to take new action in their lives. She speaks to audiences such as AT&T, American Family Insurance, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and the University of Iowa on the power of strengths and the power of connection in the pursuit of your someday goals. So her new book, Discover, Act, Engage, is a 60-day catalyst guide to accomplishing your someday goals. So Megan, welcome to the She Did Her Way podcast. It's great to have you on. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Excited, excited to be here. Uh, I love She Did It Her Way and the Her Way Challenge and, of course, you, Amanda. So uh, it's an honor and excited to be here. Well, the feeling is definitely mutual, my dear. Okay, so I know I just gave everyone your your background bio, but tell us in one sentence exactly what it is that you do. Yep. I help people accomplish their someday goals and build strengths-based teams through speaking and coaching, um, mostly on career coaching. I love it. And our, I mean, we can get into like how we met, which is a crazy story, which I'm sure will come out when we talk about like, how did you get where you are today? So tell us like, cause you didn't, you always did what you do now in some form of capacity, but it wasn't always on your own. So take us back to your journey and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So my kind of career path led me straight from undergrad at Florida State University to Indiana University where I got my master's degree in student affairs and higher education, thinking I wanted to spend my time coaching and helping college students. That's where I first got into career services. I'd never been to a career center until I started working at one. (laughs) And yeah, so I, at Indiana, I got involved with the Career Center. I was also really passionate always about leadership development. Um, from there, I spent the next five and a half years working at Big Ten uh, institutions, um, the University of Iowa, Wisconsin-Madison, and then uh, originally at IU. And so that was my path. I was teaching college students about career and leadership, and I thought that that was the path kind of moving up and around in higher education. And I loved speaking and teaching. I'd always had this entrepreneur spirit uh, ever since I was a little kid. Uh, I used to, you know, trade and sell my snacks uh, from lunch or, um, you know, find ways to sell candy so I could go on a trip for free, things like that. Um, So it was always in me and always wanted to be a speaker. But it wasn't until uh, I left the University of Wisconsin back in 2000. 
wow, 13 already, uh, to go work at a startup. I got the opportunity very quickly um, to be the vice president of innovation and strategy for this local startup. And so it felt like a dream come true in the sense of an opportunity to test the entrepreneur waters, but it wasn't my company. And so there was a little less um, kind of scare tactic there. And then basically, quickly, uh, I like to say that it sank faster than the Titanic and oh. decided to leap before it fully went under. And it was at this crossroads where I had the entrepreneurial bug truly bite me, um, but higher ed wasn't going anywhere and kind of connected to this moment of always wanting to be a speaker and to teach, but without the grading. And so kind of Christmas time of 20. Uh, 14 and into January of 2015, I decided to launch my business full time. Um, and that's kind of when I reconnected with you again in a much more regular basis to talk to you about um, how do I do this and how do I be a solo entrepreneur following my passions and, and making a, a career out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the first time we connected wasn't necessarily in a professional manner as much as, I mean, I, maybe you can consider jumping out of a plane as a professional endeavor. Yeah, it was definitely a moment that bonded us for life. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was great. You'll, you were always the person I met jumping out of a plane. And that was, God, four years ago, probably now, maybe five. I wouldn't have thought we'd be on this call today. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, it, I think it, yeah, it was four years ago. And I just remember Adam connecting, Adam Carroll, which if you guys have been listening, I've talked about him a few times. He is one of my mentors and he put on this event called Succeed Faster, in which Megan never got to got around to attending because you're so busy. But Adam connected Megan and I, and the first time we met was uh, when we a group of us showed up to go jump out of a plane. And so definitely, it's been it's been a fun road since then, and we've had an opportunity to work on a couple projects together. But so tell us uh, your transition from. So you you worked in higher ed, and then you took that interim position, which the job that you say that sank faster than the Titanic, which is hilarious that you say that. I love that uh, phrase. And then now you're on your own. What was it like to fully just go out and you have to create the business you have to create? Like you got to find the speaking gig. No one's doing this for you. And like walk us through the emotions and the process and things that you did to set yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Deciding to start my company full-time was actually a career coaching company that started the year before uh, that my wife, Ilsa, started and then was kind of a, a conversation between us of, I really think that if I put all of my time and energy into something that I believe uh, in our business, I think I could really be successful. So it was less of a like risky situation. We talked about being able to live on her salary while I started this business. And uh, definitely the first year of the business is what I call kind of spaghetti testing. Mm. And so that's just trying different things and seeing what um, stuck. And it has definitely been an evolving process. Those first several weeks 
I'll tell you that it was um, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was filled with excitement plus the unknown. And so I remember calling you at least weekly during that first month or two and just kind of getting support and uh, advice about, well, what do I do with the finances? And, you know, you taught me about separating personal and business finances. So um, being able to do that and then, you know, just reaching out to a few people. I was really fortunate enough to have a couple of speaking gigs that um, first three months and those led to more things. Um, knock on wood, um, it is truly just a humble, grateful experience that I'm able to say that all of my business to date has been through referrals. Uh, and that I think because I was very intentional about who I told in the beginning. So for the first seven months of my business, I would say less than 20 people in the world knew what I was doing. I surrounded myself with what I call my dream team. And those people were people that I could count on to support me, to send opportunities my way, but only send the positive things that I needed and not let the whole world know because I was scared. Mm -hmm. And so during those first seven months, really um, tried to get as much work as possible. Like I said, trying different things, doing some career coaching clients, um, finding consulting opportunities, had the opportunity to work with you and the AT&T project, um, and then found just speaking opportunities through contacting some of my old um, contacts and letting them know what I was doing in that July was when I kind of first did an outreach to people and from that got a lot of uh, extra referrals. Yeah. And I, I mean, two things to point out there that I thought you did really well and you still continue to do really well today is once you just like you took the leap and you made the decision to go off and you made the effort, you created a one pager and then you just, you emailed people and told them what you were doing. And I think that's so powerful of a thing because I always have to tell myself like people don't know what they don't know. And if people don't know what you're doing, they don't know what you're doing unless you tell them. And there's no harm in when, whenever you're shifting something in terms of like your career or whatever you're doing, I mean, communicate to people, reach out to them, tell them on LinkedIn, send them an email, let them know. And I, you did that. And I thought that was, I wasn't even doing it at that time. And I'm like, dang it. I'm like, I'm going to copy and steal that. I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to, you're talking about separating money from business and personal. I cannot recommend Profit First by Mike Michalowicz more than ever. And I read that book a handful of months ago, maybe like three or four. And I wish I would have read that when I first got into this solopreneur entrepreneurship world four years ago when I did because it is just so much value in it and it tells you exactly how to outline your bank accounts, how to like what percentages you can place to your money. And so it really gives you that mindset that you need when you start, you become your own, your boss and in, into a freelancer position. So what you were talking about fear when you like you were scared and you had these doubts, like what were some of the things that were go like thoughts that were going through your mind? Definitely. I, even up until, so I'm, you know, a year and a half into the business and even this past January having moments of doubt of, am I doing the right thing? And just kind of what I call the inner critic in my head, um, 
making me feel like the imposter syndrome or that I'm not doing enough, I could be doing more, or when I've had success, you know, who am I to, to be so successful? And so it was just a constant battle. I'll say in the beginning that when I was having those moments of doubt and just thinking, wow, like, I don't know when my next gig is coming. Um, and every time I had those moments, as long as I uh, stayed as positive as I could, um, no joke, the very next day I would get a lead on a gig. And so mm-hmm. it was like those times when I would hit what felt like my lowest low, um, an opportunity came. And then after a year of spaghetti testing and trying a bunch of different things, um, 2016 has all been about the year of Discover Act Engage. It's my number one keynote. I wrote a book about it. And I've found that that is the main message that I have been put on this earth to give. And I say that with confidence because I believe that when things are meant to be, they just happen for you, right? There's not as much resistance. And so last, the first year of the business, trying so many different things, it was, um, you know, sometimes I was forcing what I wanted to be um, known for, what what I wanted to speak on or who I wanted clients to be. And this year, everything has just been falling into place. And um, sometimes the speed has been so fast, I can barely keep up with it. But that's been a a blessing. And so um, thinking about what I was meant to do and being confident in that and knowing that I still have doubts and things like that, but staying focused on the bigger picture of my vision for the company and the importance of the message of accomplishing someday goals um, has really helped me to, to stay focused, especially this year. Yeah. Talk about when you were 2015 and you're going through and doing the spaghetti testing, talk about the resistance that you experienced, if you can describe it. And then at what point did you accept that Discover, Act, Engage was your thing? Yeah, the resistance was really, I wanted to talk about strengths and I didn't want to necessarily niche down. Um, It took me let's call it 14 months of owning a company to really identify my avatar um, or my ideal client. I've read a ton of business books and blogs and podcasts and everyone talks about um, that that's what you should do. And I just, I couldn't get myself to wrap around who my ideal client was because I felt like I had so many different gifts and talents and messages that I could share. I could help everyone. Um, and wanted to talk about leadership stuff and career things and how do I niche down. I'll just try and do it all. And what I've learned is that you can't be everything to everyone and that there is it's okay to, to kind of pick a niche and sometimes it evolves. And so for me, it was the Discover Act Engage. And it was so funny. The first time I ever did the keynote, it was called something different. And it was for a client, American Family Insurance. And it was something I had put on my website. Um, I'd never created the program, but it was on programs I do about kind of finding your passion and, and how to go after it. And then sure enough, I got the call and someone wanted me to to do that talk. And so I had to, to create it. And I was terrified. The day before um, that gig, I was you know, talking to my wife, Ilsa, they're paying me how much to do this. You know, I don't, I have 
full of the imposter syndrome, basically. And I had never prepared harder for a talk, went in and, and I crushed it. Uh, I never felt more alive than I did during that talk in the hours to come. And that was the moment where I realized like, yes, I'm doing it. And, uh, and by doing it, meaning doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so knowing that I had to start focusing in on what that was. And so some of the resistance comes from what do you do as a new business owner? There's so many aspects to running the business, to doing promotion, um, and then creating the content or the you know message, whatever you're giving. It could be creating new products or services. And so all of that came to be, and thankfully reading books like Essentialism or The One Thing thing to focus. And so 2016 has been about growing the speaking business and content around Discover, Act, Engage. Mm -hmm. Tell us uh, when, tell, tell us about Discover, Act, Engage. What is it, the, the premise of it, the overarching, and then what can people expect? Absolutely. So Discover, Act, Engage is this idea that we all have someday goals. Uh, some people call them dreams. I like to think of them as someday goals. And it's a process to help you accomplish them. So the discover phase is discovering what are your someday goals and uh, discovering more about who you are, what are your strengths, what are your talents. The act phase is how do you take action? Now that you have this huge someday goal, how do you break that down? We talked through a process uh, that I call the dream ladder and reverse engineering your goals. We talk about um, using your strengths and using your dream team and people who can help you. And then the engage phase is um, how do you use your network? There's research that says 80% of what you need to accomplish a goal already exists in your current network. And so the engage phase is basically my take on networking, which I am rebranding as the power of connection. It's a great way to think about that 80% of what you need already exists. And so the engage phase is demonstrating just that as well as um, activities to help you strengthen and grow um, your power of connection or your network. And the book is basically 20 uh, activities per phase, so 60 total. It's a guide, meaning that you don't have to do it 60 days in a row, but it's ways to help you discover more of who you are and what's your goal, how do you take action on that, and then how do you leverage your network to help you accomplish your someday goals. Mm -hmm. What um, When you develop this and you go uh, speak, and deliver this Discover, Act, Engage, are there any trends that you find that continually pop up in the audiences that you could provide insight on? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that um, people share with me after a program, whether directly after or via email, is that they are excited to get clear about a someday goal. We walk through a visualization. If you're a member of the Herway Challenge, y'all have done this there. Um, if you haven't, head over to HerwayChallenge.com so you can um, get the emails and we, we walk you through this activity. But during the talk, that's what we do and we help people get some clarity on their someday goal. 
And what I found is that everyone has one. It doesn't have to always be professional, um, but that taking a few moments and thinking about it. Another thing that is just so amazing is I do this yarn activity actually got uh, from our buddy Adam Carroll, and I use it with his <laughs> permission. Uh, definitely an important thing in the speaking industry is ask before using other people's things. And so I've taken it and adapted it. But every time someone, uh, we do this thing where we connect people uh, and their someday goal. And so it might be that you want to start a smoothie business someday and then I asked the audience, does anyone know anyone that's running a smoothie business or works for one? And sure enough, someone always does. And I've had some things so far-fetched as a woman wanted to ride um, horses to music. Apparently, it's like an Olympic sport where what? it's like choreographed <laughs> dance. Yeah, it's a real thing. I never remember the name, but it's just like choreographed dancing uh, to music while riding horses. And so sure enough, I'm doing this talk and I'm like, yep, this is, this is when it's going to fail. Like it's, it's not going to work. And then I'm getting ready to ask her my backup question. Again, this is all live. You know, hundreds of pairs of eyes are staring at me to see if this activity works. And then all of a sudden, seven people down, this woman says, actually, my neighbor does that. And you can see me <laughs> jumping up and down with excitement, being like, oh, my God, it works. And so that's that's the big thing is that um, if we allow ourselves to get clear on those someday goals and start telling people about them, there are people in your network that can help you do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of my big message is teaching people that, you know, I'm just like you and other people are having quote unquote success, um, have someday goals and that people aren't doing it alone. They're doing it with the help of others, and we do that by sharing and asking better questions and letting people in on what our someday goals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I even get drilling down to the the dreaming aspect of it, and I wondered if you ran into this because uh, a few years ago, I one of the I hired a coach, Mitch, Mitch Matthews, and he's phenomenal. And I was doing this exercise of dreaming and in creating the perfect day and wherever I wanted to live. And I found myself in my head going, I would dream it. And then I would say, but that's not possible. It was just weird. Like you're talking to the inner critic and I would buy, I mean, I still do this and I know that I'm doing it objectively and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm trying to like meta my, my brain at that point. And is there anything that you like recommend to get people in the right frame of mind so that we can dream and we don't meet the inner critic of, no, that's not possible. So like if you want to create an online business that is sustainable and provides you a six-figure income per year, and it could be something like that, or it could be like, I want to leave my corporate job and go out on my own. Oh, but I'm not good enough. Like anything, what do you recommend to people to overcome that barrier in the mind? Yeah, it, it's true. And it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a company um, or someone who has just even the slightest of dream or wish of starting your own company some days or just being a great parent, right? We all have this inner critic voice in our head. Um, and I think that there is some easy things that you can do. And I, I talk about a couple of them in the book. And so one of them is, is building a dream team. And that is basically, um, 
what I call six core roles of having it on your team. So there's the cheerleader, there's the industry insider, there's the rising star, the momentum mover, the outlier, and um, the connector. So all of these people are there, and it's based on this idea from a quote from Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn said that you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. And so I ask people, you know, who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with dreamers and people who think big and aren't afraid to talk about it? Or do you hang out with the, you know, negative Nancys and and people who keep you down or squish your dreams or are just providing, you know, negative uh, subtraction uh, activities and thoughts in your world? And so I think the first step is, you know, thinking about who's in your world and are they adding and multiplying to it or are they taking away? And then you can get a little bit more specific about who's in your world and and building the quote-unquote dream team so you can have people in the right role. So the cheerleader to support you, the industry insider. You know, for me, one of mine is Adam Carroll. And, you know, when I think about what do I need to do to grow my speaking business, I look at people like him and uh, a mentor of mine, Keith Nord, a formal NFL football player, Um, people that I would never think would have the time or day to talk to me, but they do because I asked and I reached out. And so I think that's a big thing is talking about and building and surrounding yourself with other dreamers. And there are ways to do it online. You know, we've talked about, and that's one of the reasons we've created the Herway Challenge group is this amazing community of women who can go and be supported by other women to accomplish their goals. I've had the I've joined um, business coaching groups as well, and things like the Dream Bank here in Madison. And so I think that's the first thing is surrounding yourself with people. And then I am a big fan of journaling. I have never been good at journaling. I probably only started in the last year and a half, but it has been something. So when I have this inner critic in my voice, um, I just kind of take to pen and paper and write down and ask myself, you know, what are you trying to get me to pay attention to? What are you hoping that I don't miss? And what do I need to do uh, so I can get you to stop? And those three questions are things that I reflect on. Um, I learned those from a life coach friend of mine in Madison, um, Charity uh, Ghent. And yeah, and learned those. And so um, finding those opportunities to reflect and get your thoughts on paper. And I'll tell you that as soon as I do the journaling, I'm back to work. I identify what's kind of keeping me down and then put it on paper and able to step over it and get back to work. And then I rely on my dream team and and other dreamers that I hang out with to help me as well. Hey, She Did Her Way listeners, I want to share something with you. We have a Her Way challenge going on right now. It is a 15-day challenge that starts at the beginning of every single month, dedicated and designed to help you achieve that one goal that you have set out for the month, and it's to give you a jumpstart for the first 15 days. Make sure you head on over to herwaychallenge.com where you can sign up and receive all the emails and updates. And then make sure you head on over to Facebook and type in Her Way Challenge and you can be let into the private Facebook group as well where you can connect with other like-minded individuals and receive support and community from all of us inside the Facebook group. 
two things. Let's go back to the dream team. Have you always surrounded yourself with the dream team or was that something that you had to personally work on? A little bit of both. Um, I joke that I'm the quintessential example of it takes a village to raise a child. Um, So I've always had, uh, I grew up with a single mom and just through that grew up fairly low SES. I've been fortunate to have people kind of take me under their wing throughout my whole life. Um, But as I got older, I've always found um, I like hanging out with older people mm-hmm. and they're more experienced and, and wise. And And I would say since starting my business and wanting to be an entrepreneur, that's when I've been extra intentional about building all six roles of the dream team. Um, but I've always had a couple mentors uh, because you know, I know that I'm not the smartest person always in a room and that other people have gone through what I felt. And so whether it's bouncing good or bad ideas or I'm in a tough spot and, you know, just need someone to kind of send me that moment of encouragement or me doing the same thing. And so it's definitely been something I've grown to build. And it's been great being able to leverage people who aren't just in my immediate circle where I'm living. Um, I think that's a cool thing about the world we live in is finding people through our connections and, you know, being able to identify, um, you know, the next industry insider that I need and things like that. Totally. What, I mean, I, oh, wow. I have a couple of things running through my head. When, did you ever have to, um, were there people that you moved away from in your life in order to get to the dream team? Because I know that is also something that I've seen people um, go through that I've worked with and that they really recognize that people in their influence and circle were not supportive or were not uh, conducive to them achieving their dreams. And so is there anything that you uh, give advice to or maybe words of encouragement that when people are going through the process and, and for listeners out there, I'm not saying that you drop all the people in your life that are like negative Nancy's. But I also, there's truth to move away from the negativity and really find yourself in an, in a place of support for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I echo that, you know, right? Like I know, um, friends and, and family that struggle because, you know, maybe it's their families that are the people that keep them down on some of their dreams or who they want to be. And for me, I think starting my business and has been something that I've been lucky to be pretty supportive about. But I've found that I have different groups that I go to about certain things. And Mm. so um, certain friend groups are, you know, just fun to to laugh with and to hang out with. But I might distance uh, myself when I'm talking about my business or some of my dreams and not necessarily share things in that space. And, you know, definitely separating things by distance. Um, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown um, Mm. and all of her work. And um, in most of her books, she talks about this idea of setting boundaries and that boundaries is a way to um, build in trust and actually grow. And so sometimes um, I build in those boundaries so that I don't allow people to kind of squish my momentum or keep my dreams um, and helping me accomplish my someday goals. 
Um, so yeah, so there's some friends that maybe I'm a little slower to respond <sighs> in text or, um, you know, I'm not someone who responds to the average Facebook message. Um, and the people who are in my inner circles, they know how to contact me and, and they do that. And so I stay in touch with the people that I want. And I think the cool thing is that is there are kind of seasons of friendship and you know some of your best friends in college or from childhood when you're older that season has just drifted apart and it's ended and you're grateful for those times and then you know you've got some of those lifelong friends and so I've got both um, but definitely as I've grown as an entrepreneur and someone who's you know on a mission to help people accomplish their someday goals, I've had to distance myself from certain folks um, and start adding people like yourself and other awesome entrepreneurs I've met uh, here in Madison into my inner circle mm. so that we stay together because, you know, there are people I'm not afraid to talk big with um, that I wouldn't maybe from someone uh, back in my hometown. Totally, for sure. And I know you had mentioned journaling too, and that was something that I read, Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. And at first I was, I like resisted reading it. I was like, whatever, I already wake up early. Like I know what I'm doing. But I will say after I read that book, it definitely solidified and just really gave a process to that. And I started journaling every morning. Now I don't do it like every morning, but I've definitely gotten in the habit of doing it. And it death, like, so true. I mean, you get your thoughts, you get your feelings out there, you can reminisce back and whatever, for whatever reason, it definitely calms me down. And I think that's also meditation aspect of it as well. So, well, I've got a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. And one of them being, tell us about the book, tell us where we can find it. And I hear you're doing a, like a mini book tour or a book tour. Tell us about that. Yeah. So you can go to discoveractengage.com. Again, discoveractengage.com, all one word. And basically, the book is officially coming out on July 11th. Mark your calendars. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to do a full launch day with a launch celebration that evening in Madison. But I'll be announcing a launch team here in the near future. So people can get um, a preview copy and help me. Uh, it's my first book, but I'm dreaming big and hoping maybe I can get uh, Amazon bestseller. We'll see. So I've got a little mini launch team. How the book came to be is my buddy uh, and someone you know as well, Nick Palkuski, and I are in an entrepreneur book club. And in mid-March of this year, I realized I had five huge gigs coming up. I'm talking about speaking mm -hmm. to over 500 people and, you know, presenting on the same stage as Jeff Hoffman, CEO of Priceline, John Lee Dumas, you know, a young entrepreneur event that you put on and, and helped me to land that opportunity and hosting, I was the dreamer of the month at this place called the Dream Bank in Madison. So all of these things coming up and I was like, you know, Nick, what do I do? How do I help people take my message home and keep the fire going? And so he told me to create this activity book. Well, basically what happened was I took that idea by that following Monday, I had identified 60 activities that I could do related on Discover, Act, Engage and started creating the activity book. Well, by the end of the week, actually four days to be exact, 
I realized I had written an actual book, not just an activity book. And so I was trying to rush and get it done because the first gig started on March 31st. I was a first-time author and new to self-publishing, and I thought I could do all of this in a two-week period. It turned out it took four weeks. And so from the idea, um, from like inception of idea to getting my first hard copy of the book was one month. And I am shocked. But there's a lot of great resources out there about self-publishing and doing it for free. And I'm just so grateful about the idea of being able to come together. And people ask me often, well, how'd you write a book in a week? Like how many pages is it? It's 126 pages, over 21,000 words. And it's something that I'd never really written a blog post about. And it was things that I'm so passionate about and believe. And it's so action-oriented that when I sat at my computer, it just flowed out of me. And so that's kind of the message. And when you hear me talk, and probably even right now, you can see that I get real excited and, <laughs> and passionate about this stuff. And it's because I truly believe everyone can accomplish a someday goal. And I break down strategies and give you tips and advice and, and actual how-tos to help you do it. So that's what the book's about, um, walking you through all three phases, discover, act, engage, and helping people accomplish their someday goals. So it's an uh, unplanned project, but something I couldn't be more excited about and proud about and realized, you know, maybe I am an author and that this is the first of many books because I've really enjoyed this process. That's fantastic. And I have mad respect for people who put out books because it, it requires immense discipline uh, for sure. You had mentioned uh, Brene Brown and a couple other authors. Are there any other books or resources that you turn to to find just information or encouragement that you, if you could give one book or resource, what would it be? Yeah, I'm going to give two. I know you said one, but okay. for entrepreneurs, I would say E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. And that is a book I read this year. I wish I read it when I was just starting my business, but it completely changed how I think about being an entrepreneur and running a business. Um, it's, a to me, a, a game changer. And then a personal book, I would say, is Rising Strong. I'm reading it now um, and just about finish. And it is something that is all about when you fall, how do you get back up? And as entrepreneurs, we fall often when um, we are in a community that celebrates those successes. And sometimes we don't, but Rising Strong teaches us how to learn from them and how to, to build on and grow and, and keep building. And so that's a book that I am just all geeked out about. Awesome. And the last question, this is kind of a, this is a random one, but you had mentioned when you were younger, you used to trade snacks at school. Yeah. What was your favorite snack? Ooh, favorite snack. Dunkaroos. No. <laughs> uh, Dunkaroos. Oh, those were awesome. I uh, So many, but I usually just traded uh, chocolate chip cookies I for other people's chocolate chip cookies. So I, <laughs> uh, that's what I was always seeking. I love it. My brother and I, well, and my sister, we used to play store in my parents' basement with Monopoly money. Nice, but you know, gushers, those are something that those are high commodities. They were. They were. So so many good snacks and fruit by the yeah. foot. Ah, yes. All terrible things, but uh, just fantasize about my childhood. 
dreamcatalyst.org. Thanks so much, Amanda. It was a blast. And good luck to all those awesome women out there accomplishing their someday goals. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week. Did it her way listeners. Amanda here, your host. And I want to share with you guys that I'm excited that She Did It Her Way has partnered with your podcast guru to help produce audios and logistics for the show, She Did It Her Way. If any of you are looking to get into podcasting, definitely check out yourpodcastguru.com.